We've had many conversations during the My Second Act podcast about the state of the music and touring industry during a pandemic, which is new to everybody from artists to management to uh, venue owners to music fans. It's a new landscape that truly Donna has not even begun to correct itself because there are so many different moving pieces and variables. Yeah, it's going to be a while. And the conversation that we had with Mark Wills, which you're getting ready to hear, he talks about a lot of it. And he's very honest and open about the fact that music is different. The the state of the music industry is very different than what it looked like pre-pandemic. There's money at stake. There's personal um, connections. There are positive things that you'll hear Mark talk about during a pandemic, like being home with his wife, Kelly, and his two daughters. You're going to hear him talk a lot about. It's a very honest but positive conversation about the music business and touring industry uh, specifically. Mark Wills is a multi-platinum selling country artist, a handful of uh, number one hits, 19-something was his biggest, spent six weeks at number one, the top country hit of 2002 and the second most played song of the decade in 2009. Other hits include Don't Laugh at Me, Wish You Were Here. Uh, Mark Wills joins the My Second Act podcast. I want to start Mark Wills by jumping back a year to this time, 2019, what was going on and where were you? 2019 in October, we were, uh, we were basically sitting around, uh, with our booking agent talking about how big 2020 was going to be. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's really the truth. We were, we were sitting, you know, we were sitting in Nashville having meetings, talking about, you know, the different shows, uh, that were already coming in. We had, we were looking at probably having, you know, a hundred shows on the books for this year. So, I mean, it was going to be, it was going to be a big year. We were, we were planning our production for this year. We were planning all the cool things that, uh, that we were going to do to, uh, to make our show different. And, uh, we've been in the studio working on a new record. Uh, we had finished that up. So, I mean, it was, um, you know, October of, uh, 2019, we were, uh, we were looking for a big year. I'm not lying to you. And so were those shows, Mark, going to be like a combination of private shows and concerts and just all kinds of different things that were on the books? Yeah, we had, I mean, I, I would say for, I would say for 2020, we had a hundred, just right at a hundred regular shows. And that doesn't include, uh, the Opry that doesn't include private shows. That doesn't include, you know, all the things that, all the things that go on, like, you know, the Opry would, would book us to, to come do, you know, a private event, like a private Opry, uh, on a, on a Wednesday night or something like that, you know? And so we had, we had a bunch of that stuff on the books and, and it was it was shaping up to it was shaping up to probably be our best year that we'd had in the last decade. So where were you? At what point was COVID nineteen first put on your radar? And maybe not even in in the industry, but like where was where were you when you first heard COVID nineteen? Because it started in Seattle, right, Donna, and 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 it was maybe late January, early February. 
What was your first introduction to the pandemic? You know, I, I don't really know exactly where I was when, when I first started hearing people talk about COVID-19. I, I will tell you this. I was in New York City with, uh, with Kelly and Macy and Mally uh, in December. Uh, Macy is a big, she loves theater. Uh, she loves going to Broadway shows and stuff like that. And, and we have some friends that, that work in New York. And so, um, one of her favorite shows was closing and, uh, or, or, or coming to an end in, in its theater, uh, because they had already booked something else to come in on top of it. So we went to New York city to, uh, to go see waitress right there on, right there on Broadway. Um, and got up there and, uh, and, and I came home from uh you know from from new york city and got what i thought was a cold you know so i was you know i and i say a cold because it was unlike anything i had had i, I felt like i felt like caddy was sitting on my chest right here sorry about that sorry about that <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was the weirdest thing that I'd ever experienced. I felt like, you know, I felt like I had somebody sitting on my chest. And and that was the beginning of December. Uh, I went to Texas for three shows, went from Texas to Minneapolis or north of Minneapolis uh, and did a show with Lori Morgan at a casino up there. And and uh, and and shortly thereafter, you know, they started talking about covid. They started talking about, you know, this thing that was overseas that they were worried about coming to America. And, you know, I called my doctor, excuse me, I called my doctor uh, when I came back from, from, uh, from Minneapolis. And I was like, man, I got something going on. I've been coughing like crazy. Uh, I said it was really weird because, uh, you know, for two or three days, I couldn't smell anything. Uh, I felt like I couldn't smell anything. I felt like I couldn't taste anything. Um, and he goes, hey, you, you just got some bug. And that was, that was it until March. <laughs> and then we started hearing about all the, you know, uh, started hearing about all the, the symptoms and everything. And it was like, well, maybe that's what I had. I don't know. I think that there are so many people, Mark, that have a story very similar to yours. Yeah. And, and we've heard it in our friend circles. Well, we had it with our daughter. Olivia had it. She went to the doctor and same thing. You know, it was just, it was like a really, it wasn't just a cold. It was really intense. They ran tests for meningitis for, I mean, I was worried because it was like, it wasn't normal. And then they were like, you know, we're sort of seeing this and we don't know what it is. And it was not the flu. It wasn't strep. So I think there were a lot of people who, who maybe had that when, when it started to get worse, who, who was the first person that called you that said, and was it kind of like, you know what, we're just going to rest for a while and stay home, take a little breather and just kind of see what this pans out to be. Well, we, I mean, that, that never even happened for us because I mean, you, you know, think about it when any musician, when we're on the road, I mean, people get sick all the time. I came back from Three years ago, I came back from Israel. Uh, I took Mally when she graduated from high school the year after she graduated. We went to Israel basically for her senior trip. And uh, we were over there for, for nine days. I came home, flew in on a, a Wednesday night, and had to be in Texas for a show on Friday. I had three shows, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I had the worst case of the flu I have ever had in my life. I, I, I don't ever get sick, knock on wood. You know, I never get sick. Um, but I got, I got the flu coming home from, from Israel. 
So, you know, as a musician that travels, we really don't have the luxury of saying, I'm going to cancel a show because I've got the flu or because I've got a cold. You typically have to, you know, to, to be gone and, and just kind of suck it up and be a man and, and go, go do your job. So, uh, so for, for us in December, I mean, it, it really wasn't anything for me and I, I won't speak for anybody else, but for, for me, whatever I had in December, wasn't something that put me down for the count to where I felt like I had to go home and, and stay home for a couple of weeks or anything like that. I mean, I just, we just kind of plowed through it. So you're looking forward to a great 2020 you're, you're rehearsing, you're ready to go. You're working on new music's in the can and you think it's the biggest year in, in, in a decade. At what point does someone reach out to you or do you hear chatter within the music and touring industry that this may be something that is going to affect people? I know as a parent, uh, you know, we have three kids between us. Will is, uh, 21 now, but we have two that are still in school. And I, to this day, Mark, remember when Fulton County school sent an email back in March that said out of an abundance of caution, we're going to close for two weeks. And you thought two weeks, my goodness, we can't close school down for two weeks. And here we are at the seven and a half, eight month mark. And many have begun to transition back in. What was that point for you in this industry where someone kind of started to flag it and say, we need to prepare? February, uh, February we're, you know, so, so the way that my typical December, January, February works, we don't do a lot during December. We don't do a lot in January. Um, we did a Larry's country diner cruise, which is something that I've done for the last five or six years. We went on the cruise in January. We came home. It's February. We had a couple of shows during February or excuse me, end of January, end of February. So we're now, you know, February 6th, 7th. Uh, we have a couple shows that month progressing on and, and, you know, we keep hearing people talk about COVID and, uh, and we had scheduled, we were scheduled to play at Epcot. Uh, we were scheduled to play Epcot from, uh, March. We did load in on the 19th. We were supposed to play the 20th, 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. Uh, it was kind of the spring flower flowering garden show. Uh, that they do every year. And so that was kind of our first, our first big thing that we had coming up. So we're getting ready for that, man. We're, we're plowing along. We're, we're in rehearsal. We're putting the show together and uh, you know, and, and, and so guess what? We get a, we get a call that the beginning of that week that, that Disney is thinking about closing and we're like, no way. Yeah. Disney, Disney didn't, Disney closed one afternoon on September 11th. Right. That was it. You know, so we're like, there's no way, there's no way in under the sun that Disney is going to close for a virus. I, I, we just didn't see it. And, uh, you know, so we're in rehearsal. Uh, I think it was like the, the 17th, 16th, 17th, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, we're getting ready to play the Grand Ole Opry the next night that, that Friday night we played in, uh, uh, South Florida was the last permanent show that we had on the books that we've played in 2020. And that was on March uh, 15th or 16th, maybe 14th, March 14th uh, of 2020. That was the last show that we played until we did a, a little small thing just a, f a few weeks ago. 
uh, outside of Nashville. So that was, that was the last real show that we did as a band was on uh, March 14th of, of this year. And when you said like, when you guys left, were you like, well, guys, I mean, we'll, I'll see you hopefully in a couple of weeks. We'll just sort of, you know, see what happens with this thing. Or were you thinking yeah. at that point, you probably weren't thinking this is going to be a while. We were thinking, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I was thinking I get two weeks off. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, I really was. I was excited to, to have a couple of weeks at home that I hadn't planned on having, uh, that I could basically just sort of hang out with the girls and, uh, and we could get a couple of, you know, get a couple of things done around the house that we've been talking about doing. Uh, that was, that was it. You probably never had that time off. I mean, you know, in a long time where you're just home. Well, we, you know, we, we take time off in, in December. We take time off in January and we take some time off in February, but, you know, but once March rolls around, we kind of work our, our year calendar is March through the beginning of December. And, you know, and, and, and we've talked about this I and mean, Caddy, Caddy and I've talked about this and, and a lot of other musicians have talked about this, you know, our, our job puts us away from home when everybody else is having downtime. So, you know, our Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that's our Monday through Friday. That's when we're gone. Uh, uh, so there wasn't a whole lot of, there wasn't a whole lot of worry or anything else that when, you know, that when the announcement was made that we're going to take a, you know, take two weeks off and, you know, and, and just sort of, kind of slow the spread uh i was like okay that's okay you know it's it's not a big deal and you know and during that two weeks um you know we had uh probably 15 or 20 shows during that two-week time that just went away you know they were like hey we're we're not gonna it's not that we're canceling we just feel like you know right now we want to put these on hold or we want to reschedule them and you know and, and my booking agent you know my booking agency we're like yeah let's do that let's reschedule let's reschedule for later in the year or if you even want to move it to 2021 let's let's do that and so uh, we started rescheduling and and uh, little did we know that you know the beginning beginning of or excuse me the end of march we were going to basically reschedule our entire year uh till, till till next year who's having conversations mark with your band and your crew and you know i know there is a very small percentage of artists i'm not dare going to guess that are on a level you know kenny chesney has 180 employees kenny chesney fills stadiums multiple nights every year uh, for a nice tour, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There's a very small percentage of artists that were able to keep their employees paid. And who knows until when, you know, who knows what the end result of all this is going to be for live music in the touring industry. What kind of conversations were you having with your band and your crew? Because I know the good guy that you are, a family guy yourself, and did that weigh heavily on you? Basically, I just went to my guys and told them, I was like, fellas, look, you know, this is, this is not something that I'm wanting. I don't, I don't want to come off the road. I don't want to do this. You know, Cadillac, I think when you go back to, when we go back to March or we go back to early April, 
you know, we didn't, we didn't have numbers. We didn't, we didn't really know at all what we were dealing with. I mean, you know, we're listening to the doctors, we're listening to the CDC and the WHO. We're listening to all these different groups of people saying there could be millions of people die from this. I don't, you know, as a, as an entertainer, man, I, my job is to bring happiness and and you know of course not music because i'm the guy that sings all the sad songs but <laughs> our job is to bring entertainment you know we want to we want to bring entertainment to to country music fans so when we're having that conversation about about everything going on it's like look let's just step back and and let let this let what needs to happen happen and, uh, you know, and, and my band and crew, all of my guys, my, you know, my lighting guys, my sound guys, all those people were like, Hey, absolutely. You know, this is, this is what we need to do. We all need to kind of step back and just make sure that everything is going to be okay. Uh, you know, everybody needs to be healthy. I can't do my job. If I'm sick, my guys can't do their job. If they're sick, we certainly don't want people coming to the show that are sick or could, you know, or could be spreading it. So, I mean, that was the decision that we made sort of communally, uh, you know, as, as an organization, uh, um, you know, not realizing that, you know, we were going to be sitting here seven, eight months later going, y'all ready to go to work? You know, cause yeah. I mean, we all, we all, I are. just, I mean, so now that we've had all this time, what are, are you, do you guys talk a lot? Like, are they, what are those people doing? Like the, the friends and not even just in your band, but the friends that you have that are maybe even not at your level musicians, what are they doing? Like for income, are they, I mean, have some people shifted literally to, to Uber driving and band people? Because, you know, we were talking about it the other day. It's not even an industry where, you know, could you teach private music lessons? Yes, but no kids are taking music lessons. There's just not a lot of pivot when you're in this particular business to, to quickly shift gears and do something new and, and to create revenue streams. Well, you know, listen, I'll, I'll say we talk about revenue streams, my dog. Um, I will say that lay down, lay down. I will say that, uh, hi, Okay. Lay down. I, I will say this, you know, for me, the people that I feel the most sorry for are the artists that were just starting out. Right. Like, you know, like when I was, when, when, when I was playing the buckboard and you just moved here from North Carolina, you know, we were the new kids on the block. I mean, we were just getting started. If this had happened back in 1996 or 1997, I would have been lost because, I, you know, my entire career was built around being able to go out and entertain people. I've been doing this for 25 years. I'm, I'm by no means, by no means at the level of Garth Brooks or Alan Jackson or Chesney or any of those guys with the money in the bank. But, but we were able to just sort of step back and go, okay, hopefully this, Hopefully this doesn't last more than a year. Let's, let's, you know, I'm, I'm retired at 47. I didn't, I didn't plan on being retired at 47, but, but if I have to take this year off and, and schedule everything for next year, 
so be it. But the, but the new guys, the people that were out there with their first single or their second single or something like that, they were still doing all the radio tours and still doing all that kind of stuff. That's, those are the folks that I'm, that I, I'm concerned about because, you know, I've, I've walked that walk. I've been in those shoes and, uh, and it's, you know, it's not something that people, people have this misconception that once you have your first song on the radio, you're a millionaire and that's not the case. You know, we, we all, every one of us, you know, you talk about Chesney with 180 employees and you talk about stuff like that, you know, every one of us have overhead and, and yeah, we have, you know, we, we do, we're, we're fortunate that we get to go out and make a living playing music, but all of those people that work for us, they make a living off of what we do. So, uh, so yeah, I, I do feel sorry for the new acts. I do feel sorry for the bus drivers and the caterers and, you know, the, the ushers that work the venues and, you know, all of the, all the places. I mean, the last time that you and I saw each other, we were, you know, we were all standing backstage at a Luke Combs concert, not thinking that, the next, you know, that we would be talking here, you know, nine months later and from our dens, you know, from our dens going, well, hopefully one day we'll get back to work. What do you think the music industry and touring industry moving forward looks like? And there's the drive-in theater method, which seems to be working, I guess, for some artists. Um, you know, there are socially distanced shows. There's a new trend, which we're doing here in North Fulton County of, of doing, uh, shows on farms, you know, where there is capacity for parking and there's capacity for staging. And we're actually doing a series of shows at a winery and in vineyard, but it's a 22 acre working farm as well. What do you think it looks like? I think for people like myself who, you know, who I can, I can play a little bit of everything, you know, I, I don't have to play a, a 15,000 or a 17,000 seat arena. You know, uh, I don't have to play Mercedes Benz to be able to sell that many tickets, to be able to afford all the bells and whistles that we have going on in the background, you know, Garth, you know, Garth did the bar tour last year, but, but realistically Garth can't take his production into the buckboard he, he couldn't even you know he, he that's just it, it just it's not applicable for what he does and it's and it's sort of the same way with a lot of the other acts i feel like i'm in a much better position to get back to work much sooner than the artist that only play you know the big sheds and and what we mean by sheds are you know the big uh, amphitheaters uh used to be verizon or, or whatever it's called now or or what used to be called lakewood or you know those big places that are you know seven eight ten thousand people you know if if that's if that's where your production if that's the only place that your production fits and and that's where you got to play to make the money that you need those places are going to be, they're going to be hurting for a while because until we all, until, until we decide, you know, or, or until we find a way to get it back out there, 
I, I don't, I just don't feel like it's, you know, it's always one step forward and two steps back. Uh, you know, we start, Georgia has been great about opening everything back up and, and getting everything back out there. And sure, there've been some cases, you know, that, that have popped up and stuff like that. But, but, you know, look at Nashville. I mean, Nashville has been literally locked down for months now. Uh, and the Grand Ole Opry has been closed and they're just now being able to, to have, you know, a thousand people or, you know, 750 people in a venue that holds 4,700. That's hard to make a living from a venue perspective. It's hard to make a living from an artistic perspective or from the artist perspective. Uh, you know, I can't go out and, and do a show that was scheduled for 3000 people. And you tell me that you can only sell 300 tickets, you know, because, you know, then, then does that mean, you know, does that mean, okay, so we have to cut that down to, you know, one tenth. Okay. So does that mean I get one tenth of the pay? So does that mean that I bring one tenth of the lights or one tenth of the band or, or stuff like that? I mean, it's, that's where, that's where it gets difficult, you know, and, and that's where I've, you know, for all of us, you know, all the entertainers, I think that's where, you know, we really have to just sort of step back and look at it and go, okay, you know, what's the most important thing right now? Is it, is it for us to get back out and get back to work or is it for us to, you know, hold off and, 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 and see what is going to be the best thing, you know, for us six months from now or a year from now. Like I said, I, back to what I was saying, I think I'm much closer to getting back to work than a lot of those artists that are just playing those big venues. I agree because you're able to adapt. Yeah. You're versatile. You're versatile. We can, we're, we're doing a show this weekend in Nashville. I'm playing, I'm playing in Nashville, uh, at Rory Feek's place where, you know, we where they just basically broke it down. And instead of it being, you know, 750 people, it's 230 people and they sold the tickets and it's kind of like, okay, so it's 230, it's 230 tickets and it's going to be me and two of the guys in the band and we're going to go and, and do our thing, you know, and, and we'll do an acoustic show. So yeah, we're, we're just adapting our show to the needs of the venue and the needs of the buyers and, and the needs of the fans for, for right now. I think too, like, you know, you are so versatile and I think you may end up in the long run making a better living because you don't have to take as many people out on the road and things are different. But I also think for you, like from a, a psyche standpoint and just the mental aspect, I know this is going to sound crazy, but because what you were saying earlier, you started so young and, you, you know, you really worked so hard and, and you're, you've been inducted into the Opry and you've done amazing things. And so if God forbid, you know, you couldn't get back out there and do it the way it used to be done. You've had so many great experiences in your career, you know, that, and nobody wants to say, well, that's it. That was, you know, that's it. I don't have anything else. But for some of these artists, like you said, that were just starting, I think the mental aspect of it too, to just, you know, we've talked about it. Labels are not going to have room to support hundreds of new artists anymore. They're going to have to really pick and choose what they're going to put their, you know, firepower behind. So what do you think about like, you know, just the mental aspect of being a creative person and now you're kind of sidelined at home? You know, well, okay. Let's, let's go back to what we were talking about a minute ago. If this were 1996, 
and the only avenue that you had and 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 caddy can speak directly to this because we've talked about this before 1996 there was no itunes there was no facebook there was no instagram there was there there was no pandora there was there was none of the streaming services there was no itunes there was none of that you had two avenues to get music to people and that was terrestrial radio and walmart that's all you had walmart was the largest they were that's that's where you sold your music you know and so and so here we are in here we are in 2020 if 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 god forbid the new normal is not touring not doing those kind of things you know my my the guys in the, the guys in my band they all have studios in their house i'm sitting here talking to you you know from my house through you know a digital camera and a microphone through the board uh there are records being made like this now there are people that are doing this you know and 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 music will always be a platform that we can get out to the fans and much more in today's world than 24 or five years ago 24 25 years ago you had to do the radio tour you had to do you know the the shows that that was the only way to make yourself known to the record buying public and now there's so many artists that they get their start on youtube they get their start you know whatever you know you can go in 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 this many different directions and they all have a uh, a different outcome you know I, I think it's a i think it's an easier world for us to make a living in now but but there's all but th that with that comes some greater challenges you know there used to be used to have to worry about two things you used to have to worry about the local radio station being on your team and walmart having your product to where on you an know, when, right to where when cadillac <laughs> when when cadillac played my song on the rake on the radio people could drive to their walmart and pick up the product we talked a lot on the podcast mark about um, artists that that released new music during the pandemic and there were so many uh, that, that pushed releases from March and April say second quarter um, but the street we talk about street week on the podcast um, and you know that kind of stuff came to a screeching halt as an artist talk to me about street week first and then I want to share with you the moment where I went you know what things are turning around a little bit because here are artists that are doing a new kind of street week, most of it being virtually, but they're still getting the messaging out there. So street week for an artist is when you have a new project and, and most often it's new music drop and you are worked to death. Walk us through a street week. Oh, you know, I can remember when the wish you were here record, uh, which was, I do chair shoot. Don't laugh for me. Uh, wish you were here. You know, all three of those singles were, were number ones. When, when that project came out, it was, it was crazy. I mean, we were, we started our, we started our morning in, in, in New York city and, you know, and we bounced from New York city to, uh, to Chicago and Chicago to, 
you know, maybe Kansas City and Kansas City to Las Vegas and, and the, ended up our night on the Blair Garner show in Los Angeles at midnight, which was 3 a.m. East Coast time, you know. So, you you know, back back in those days, man, back in those days, we didn't have the ability to do what we're doing right now via Zoom. There was none of that. Everything was in person. I remember, and, and Caddy, you and I talked about this. We laughed about this in 1996. You remember this. I remember this. How many, how many liners you would have sheets, and I do mean pages, of liners? And, and I would have to go into the studio, and it would start out with, hey, everybody, this is Mark Wills, and you're listening to, and then you would, you would have to read them over and over and over and over. That was, that was just the way it was. You know, there was no pro cut. There was none of that sort of stuff. You had to do it all the way. So, you know, in, in our world now, it's, it's a little easier, but, but it's a, but it, but it's a little harder. You know, I mean, there's, you, you take the good with the bad, you know, for, for these new artists that are out there and they're trying to get their, their music out there to the world right now, there, there are multiple platforms, uh, so many easier ways to get it out there, but, but that comes with a sacrifice. You know, the, the revenue stream for the artist is, is way down compared to what it used to be. You know, we're having to do millions of streams to do what, you know, radio could do for us in a week. Yeah, that's true. How, okay, so how are you and Kelly doing? What was that like with you coming home? Because you hadn't been home for a long period of time, probably in a long time. So did that take some getting used to? <laughs> Kelly, for for Kelly and I, it was the great, it, it, like, I, I don't, it's hard to say that a pandemic was great, but it really was. I mean, it was nice because, you know, We've got a 22-year-old daughter. We've got a 17-year-old. Um, we, as a, you know, as parents, it was like I would come home and totally mess up her schedule, and then I would leave again. You know, that's exactly how it was. So, so this last seven months, I mean, I've sat, I've sat with Kelly and Macy every night at the dinner table. Uh, and a lot of those nights, Mally's been home. Mally's getting married. You know, uh, Jordan would be over at the house. It's it's really been nice because I've got to reconnect with my family, and you know, and we've got to spend a lot of a lot of great time together. You know, it, it has been a it has been it has been a tremendous blessing in the midst of a lot of suffering and a lot of pain for a lot of people that fortunately for us, we didn't really, we didn't feel because we were here at the house with each other. We, we spent a lot of time with our, our families, you know, with Kelly's, uh, Kelly's mom and stepdad and dad and stepmom. They're, they're all in their eighties. Uh, Kelly's stepdad is 94. He's a world war II vet. We took care of them we made sure that they didn't have to go to the grocery store. We made sure that it was our job to, you know, to make sure that the things that they needed, they had, uh, which allowed Kelly and I to spend a lot of bonding time. It allowed us to go to the grocery store. It allowed us to do a lot of those things that, 
we really haven't had that opportunity to do, you know? Uh, and, 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 and I think if she were sitting right here beside me, I think she would tell you the same thing. I think that we've, we've made the best out of, out of the worst situation that, that none of us ever foresaw coming our direction. You also took a road trip in an RV with Kelly and the girls, um, and and you you drove right because Donna wants to do Donna's wanted Donna's Donna's been pitching this wills for probably three four five years now. I'm not about it. I just don't know. It starts with the driving. Uh, did you need like a special license? What were y'all in? We uh, the first one that we did we were in a Class C, uh, which is what, a, what is a that? Four, I don't know what that is. A, it's a small one. It's, a, it's a, like a small uh, <laughs> twenty. 26 foot, uh, okay. RV, you know, it's, it's basically like a sprinter van, uh, that has the pop-outs, you know, the, the sides, you know, uh, the, the slide outs. Right. Sure. So we, uh, so, so the deal was Macy missed, uh, her senior trip. She missed the prom that she missed everything. She was a junior last year. She's a senior this year. Uh, she missed everything, you know, every, everything was canceled, senior trip, all, all that kind of fun stuff. And like one day, um, and I, and I don't mean this to sound like, you know, she had a meltdown cause you didn't have a meltdown. She just said, I want to go somewhere. I didn't get to do anything this summer. I didn't get to travel. I didn't get to do any of the things that, that we typically do in the summertime. I want to go somewhere. We're like, okay. So it was like, okay, well, uh, what do you want to do? And she goes, I want to go to Yellowstone. Oh, gosh. It's like, okay. So I told Kelly, I was like, look, you know, um, we can call and see if we can like, uh, you know, I can get some flights. I've got a bazillion air miles, uh, that we could trade in. And then both of them were like, Whoa, dad, hold on. Not flying anywhere. Not getting on an airplane, you know, COVID, you know, I was like, okay, fair. So I said, well, okay, let's see if we can rent an RV. And of course, every RV in the world was rented this summer. There was, there was nothing. So I called a friend of ours that, uh, that has an RV dealership. And, uh, and I said, Hey man, you know, is, is there any, is there any chance that y'all have anything available? And he laughed at me. He was like, ha, no. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay. Uh, because I mean, there wasn't, there was just nothing available. And so he calls me back and he goes, listen, he goes, I just got a, an email. I've got two, uh, I've got two RVs coming in. I've got one, I've got a guy that's buying one of them, whichever one he doesn't buy, uh, you guys can, can take it and, and go. And I said, okay. I said, just let me know what I, what I owe you. And he said, and this is where he got me. He goes, you just go and we'll work that out when you get back. And I was like, Oh no, that, that, that got <laughs> ugly. That got ugly quickly. But anyway, so we did. So that was, that was on like, um, a Friday night and, uh, Tuesday morning we left no planning, no reservations, nothing. Uh, we, we got in the RV and we took off and we, uh, we drove all the way, to uh rapid city south dakota and and here's the deal like we, we knew nothing about what we were doing so we go to rapid city south dakota we get there and uh, we get there on thursday night about five o'clock and guess what started the next day 
Sturgis. Yes. We didn't know that. I've never been to Sturgis, you know? Why would I know that? Uh, we get there. Sturgis starts the next day. There's people everywhere. So for a germaphobe like Macy, you know, Macy's like, ah, you know, I don't know. Keep me away. She's walking around like spraying people with Lysol and stuff. Um, but we made that trip. It was incredible. It was, uh, we, we, we did, we did, uh, rapid city. We go into, um, go to Yellowstone. We did Yellowstone for a few days down into the grand Tetons from the grand Tetons. We start coming back across the country. Uh, we decide we get to Missouri and Kelly says, you know what, you know where Macy has never been that she's always wanted to go. And I'm like, where? And she goes, Graceland. I'm like, oh my gosh, I oh. love it. Yeah, like Memphis. Guess what? It we go, we go roll it. No, we go rolling into Graceland Elvis week. Oh gosh. Oh, you're hitting them all, aren't you? <laughs> yes. Sturgis yes. and yes. Elvis week. Elvis week. It's like it was the craziest thing. I mean, we had we had it was just a ball. It was the greatest, it was the greatest trip that we had ever made with that was had no plans. Macy and Kelly and I, let's see, we, we showered in, uh, loves and, uh, you know, and truck stops, uh, flying J's, uh, you know, I mean, flying J's, Petro's, you name it. We, uh, we would pull into rest areas at like, you know, midnight and go, eh, let's just pop the slides out. We <laughs> pop the slides out on the RV and spend the night. It was the greatest thing ever. Like I'm ready to, I'm ready to go again. And I would imagine there were so many people that you ran into that were doing exactly the same thing that you were because people just wanted to get away from their homes during the pandemic and do it with their families. Well, I, I think it was, it was the, it was the one way that people felt like they could travel and travel sort of safely because they weren't going in and out of hotels. They weren't in airplanes and all that kind of stuff. They were literally surrounding themselves with their own germs. And, you know, and, and, and aside from like being in Yellowstone and places like that, which everything is open air, you know, um, you're, you're out, you're out in nature. I mean, it was, it was a, it was a wonderful experience and we're actually in the process of working on doing some stuff to uh to maybe take that portion of the show on the road and uh, and do some other cool things with it for for 2021. Awesome. I'm thinking like while you were in Sturgis, you probably could have like hopped up on top of a motorcycle or on top of the RV and played. They would have been like, "Yeah." Put a hat out for tips. <laughs> you know, here's the deal. I didn't we did we did nothing like that. I mean, it was it was probably out of, you know, out of all the things that we could have done, out of all the you know, there, there didn't seem to be an overabundance of entertainment out there. I mean, I think it was, I think it was a smaller year for Sturgis than, than years past. I mean, sure, you know, sure. but, but I, I think that, you know, everything that we saw out there, people, you know, people were, people were good about, you know, not really not, not being in other people's space and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it was just a, it was a, it was a great trip. We loved it. We are looking forward to doing it again, hopefully very soon. Those are the trips too. Like, you know, you can spend thousands of dollars taking your kids on these amazing trips. And that's probably the trip that your daughter will talk about the most because it's just really about 
being together and family time. And sometimes we try to do all these, we've talked about it. We do try to do these elaborate trips, you know, for your kids and you get home and you're like, did you have a good time? And you're like, yeah. And then you're mad at them, but you take them to Gatlinburg for two days and they're like, that was the best time ever. You know, it's just, and I think that's what's going on now too. It's a simpler life. People are finding things, enjoyment in smaller things. Living a smaller life. Simplifying your life in a time when, there's so much uncertainty was, was what made that so special literally. And I'm not, I'm not joking you. The most expensive part of that entire trip was the fuel. You know, I mean, my wife can spend $1,400 a week in her Yukon XL driving around Atlanta, you know? So car black, you know, car black is uh, there, you know, they're, we keep the we keep them run keep them running back and forth because we go through a, a Yukon XL every two years because that's that's our mode of transportation. So with with us with us being able to just jump in a vehicle and take off and not have to worry about all the you know all the things that that we had stressed out about and thought about for those four months leading into the, you know, the summer leading out of the summer, it was just, it was the greatest thing ever. I mean, I would, I highly recommend it. I, I, I would, I would tell anybody that's the best way to get in touch with your family. It's the greatest way to, uh, to really just sort of simplify your world and, and, and enjoy some quiet family time. It was amazing. You've done a really good job during the pandemic of staying in, touch and connected with your fans and on Monday nights, you do have, uh, you do a special event on Facebook live and all your social media platforms live from the bunker, which is where you are right now. Um, yeah. to the fans, what do you say to them who have still continued to consume your music, but you haven't been able to be out on the road to make that personal connection. And I know from knowing over two decades, how important that is, for you personally, you know, Caddy, I, I would, I would say it like this, you know, when, when all this started, there were a lot of entertainers that, you know, like the, the, the bar and I say the bar bands, the, the, the folks that were, you know, living paycheck to paycheck in Nashville that were doing the tip jars and the virtual tip jars and all that kind of stuff. For us, it was about bringing, it was about bringing some normalcy to, an extremely scary and an extremely uncertain time. All, all we wanted to do was give somebody that hour or, or an hour and a half or whatever we decided to do on Monday nights. It was, it was truly giving them that little bit of normalcy to where they could hopefully just relax and forget about whatever they had had to worry about that day. You know, we would, I would, and it started out so basic. We had no microphones. We had no lights. We had nothing, no computers. It was an iPhone sitting on a tripod and me trying to read, you know, print this big coming across an iPhone and trying to figure out what people wanted to hear. Um, it was, it was simply trying to be, uh, a little bit of light and a whole lot of darkness. And, uh, you know, and, and that's what we've continued to try to do. 
we've we've tried to we've tried to make the live from the bunker a fun thing people can request songs and and, and here's what i always tell them you know when when they when they start requesting something if they request something i don't want to play i say no i think all the things that that artists are doing like that we've talked about it are making the connection actually much more personal with the fans. I mean, if you come to a regular concert and you're on the, you know, hundredth row or whatever, the 50th row, it's, it's not as intimate as being able to, to talk to an artist, request their music and, you know, and, and people love to see the behind the scenes yeah, too. Like your dog, your dog walking through. And that's what people want to know. And, and, and I, I think, Music does heal people and it's helped people during this time get through because there are some people that are really having a tough time. Well, here's what I'll tell you about that. You know, just as much as it's been some normalcy for the folks on the other side of the screen, it's been normalcy for me because, you know, I, I don't I don't sit around my house all day long playing guitar. You know, I mean, I, I do the things that I'm supposed to be like my dog wants to go out right now. And, you know, I, I let my dog out, you know, that's, that's how that works. I, I don't, I don't sit around all day long playing guitar. So Monday nights for me was a release. Like it was for people that were viewing it on Facebook. It was just a way to get out there and have fun. You know, I, I get to sing Jacob's ladder. Every night I walk on stage, I get to sing 19 something every night I walk on stage, I get to sing. I do. And don't laugh. I get to sing all those. So when people were asking me to get to, to sing some Keith Whitley or some Alabama or, you know, or Ronnie Millsap or whatever, that was like straight back to the buckboard days where I was getting to just have fun and play songs that we don't typically get to play in our show. And, and, and for, for me, almost as much as it was for them, it was just a release. Have you heard the word liability at all? Like as an artist has, has your team at all. And this is just a question I've had myself. Are you as an artist worried about the liability when you go back on the road and, and, and do pretty big shows? You know, here's what I'll say to that. I will say, um, I will say we're all grownups. Okay. If, if, a, if, a, if a promoter books a show and wants to have that show and somebody buys a ticket to come to that show and they know that there's a pandemic going on and they show up anyway, you know, I think we're all smart enough to, to put ourselves in the situation where, okay, if I don't feel safe, you know, like I'm not going to go to skid row in LA and just hang out on the corner. You know, I'm not going to do that. That's, that's, I don't, I wouldn't feel safe doing that. Uh, if, if somebody feels safe to come to this show, uh, you know, we want to, we want to present them with the safest way that they can enjoy the evening. You know, I, I've, I've joked about it a lot on the live from the bunker. You know, I don't go to Walmart and lick doorknobs. I'm not setting myself up to try to get sick, you know, but, but at the same time, we want people to be safe. I, you know, if, if they want to come to the show and, and they feel safe with coming to the show and we feel safe with playing the show, 
then I'm all about that. You know, I, I really don't assume any liability on that because I didn't, I didn't send, you know, the bus to your house to pick you up, to make you come to the show and enjoy yourself. You know, I, I chose to, to show up and sing just like the fans chose to come out and hear me sing. And so if, you know, if, if they're, if they're comfortable with doing that and I'm comfortable with getting on stage and singing, you know, I think that's where personal responsibility and, and, you know, and, and, and kind of, you know, dealing with your own actions that that's, that's where that comes into play for me. I think so. I think the biggest challenge, and you can probably speak to this, as you try to figure out who's going to be first, who's going to be that first act to go out on the road and, you know, break the seal. One of the biggest challenges that you hit on earlier has to be for the booking people, because the problem right now is, say you could eventually go back to Epcot and play a show. Do you go to Epcot and then do you come right home or is there somewhere else you can go? The challenge is with all states being in a different state of of lockdown, how do bookers do that to where it economically makes sense to go out and do a show? Well, you know, I think that's the, that's been the hard part is that, you know, we, we, we like to point the finger at politicians and say, well, this is your fault or this is your fault or, you know, we're on, on two separate sides of it. And, and the reality of all of that is that no matter what, President Trump says versus let's 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 do this. Let's use Nashville, for instance. You've got, you know, you've got a mayor that says, this is my town, and you've got a governor that says, this is my state. And the governor is saying one thing, and the mayor is saying something totally different. You know, that's where we're caught in the middle. Because if you know, you've got you've got one piece of the state or you've got the state saying it's okay for you to do this. And you've got local leadership saying not in my town, you know? So that's where, you know, that's where we've all got to get ourselves to the point or get ourselves in the position of everybody being okay. Uh, everybody feeling like they can present a safe environment for the fans, uh, for the artist, for, for everybody involved and, uh, and that's where I feel like, you know, like we were talking about, about tours going back out on the road. That's where I feel like that's going to be the, the tough part is you're going to have some places that say, Hey, we're good for y'all to come play. And then you're going to have other places that say, no, I'll give you a prime example. Um, July 3rd this year, uh, we were supposed to play Franklin, North Carolina and, uh, the we we go to franklin north carolina or the or franklin calls us and they say hey we're still going to have our show okay but this the town said well we're not doing fireworks so the the venue says well you know we're, we're we can still have a, a safe uh you know we can still have a safe show here well then the state comes back and says well you can't have more than you know 25 people indoors and so they said well uh, Okay, then we'll just do it in the parking lot. And then the state comes back and says, well, but you can't have people assembling in a parking lot. And so the venue says, well, okay, then everybody just has to stay in their car. It's like a back and forth, back and forth. It, there's, And that's what's been the problem, I think, for all of us is that, you know, one person says one thing, 
And then you have somebody else that feels like they have to overrule what that person says. And then it's, you know, and that's, that's where I feel like it's, it's gotten sort of slightly crazy. Well, and it becomes a pissing match and Georgia is, is also an example of that because we have a Republican mayor in Brian Kemp, but the city of Atlanta has a democratic mayor in Keisha Lance bottoms. Uh, same, th- same thing in North Carolina wheels. You got a democratic, not to get political, but you do have a democratic governor. Um, you know, I know that you referenced Nashville again, you have a democratic mayor, a Republican governor. I was going to say the problem there is you don't know whether to pack your, <laughs> see, see you pack your cowboy boots and then you have to unpack them and then you repack them. And then you're like, am I going or am I not going? What, <laughs> what's the case here? And, and see, and that's the problem. That's, that's kind of where I feel like, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that I would never say that COVID's not real because, we, you know, just from our live from the bunker, you know, just from our bunker crew that we have here with, with Red, our computer guy, and Ken, uh, you know, our 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 person that helps moderate it, and me behind this, you know, behind the deal, Red's wife's grandfather died from COVID. I'm not again, I'm not saying that COVID's not real, but there's a but there's a part of it there where it becomes more of a political weapon then then the focus is not necessarily on what it's really doing and how we can manipulate it. And, you know, and that's where I feel like for, for, you know, the entertainment industry in particular, uh, we're kind of, you know, we're kind of being held almost at hostage with, you know, you don't want to be perceived as not caring about the fans because we do. I mean, that's, that's our, that's our lifeline. We care tremendously about the people that come to the shows but you know we want to go back to work uh we want people to feel safe to be able to come to the shows and then you and then you get those two opposing forces that it like you know like caddy says it just becomes a pissing contest it puts us in the middle of it and you know and that's a no win for us because we feel like you know we're we're just entertainers i just want to go sing my songs for people and have fun and 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 entertain them i don't i don't want to get into a political you know uh sparring match over what's right and what's wrong or what's real and what's fake i i just want to sing there's your thought right there yeah i just want to sing <laughs> i just want to sing it's true it hey um message to your fans as we wrap here um uh, that, that join you for live on the bunker but but again are, are still very much and we'll, we'll always be Mark Wills fans. To those that are just hurting right now um, because there is no live music, what do you say to them? You know, I just I just say, hang in there. Uh, you know, we if, you, if you're a student of history and you can go back and you can think about, you know, uh, World War II and, and when, you know, when you had to sacrifice you could say the same thing about when you know vietnam you could say the same thing about you know a, a lot of times when people make sacrifices we're we're all i think we're all sacrificing right now we're all wanting the best for our country i think we're all wanting people to remain healthy we're we're all wanting to get back to normal um you know and and if we could just get uh if we could just get our our leaders to all talk to each other and, and not make, uh, not try to make it a bunch of sound bites and really just be honest. And, and let's, let's figure out the best way to make, you know, 
to, to get us back to that point, um, we could do that. And, and you know what, if that means that we don't do live music for another six months, I'm okay with that. You, you have to have a, it's, it's, it's like, you have to have a spot that you're aiming for. Uh, and, and when you keep moving that around and it keeps going all over the place, that's where people get frustrated. And I think that's where the, the music industry, I think that's where the theater industry, I think that's where, you know, the, the hotel industry in, in these towns, I think that's where the casinos, I think, you know, you could go into all just the entire entertainment industry under a big umbrella. And I think that's where they are. You know, uh, you, you can't tell me that I can go back to work in, in, in a month and then a week into that go, well, it's going to be three months. And then you ask the question, okay, well, why are, what's, what's your decision? Why are you making that decision? And they, they, well, that's what this is what we feel is best. That's that's where I think we're all sort of getting, you know, we're all getting sort of sideways on that. For the folks that are sitting at home and watching live from the bunker and the people that are wanting to go to the Grand Ole Opry and the people that are that are wanting to get back to live music, here's what I'll tell you. Whenever everything is back to normal, if if God sees it willing that I'm still here we're going to be back out playing shows. And I, and I say that, uh, and I say that from my perspective, but I also say that from, you know, from every other grand old Opry members perspective and all of the entertainers that are out there that, that we really just want to get back out to, to play music for the fans. I mean, that's, that's just the bottom line. So hang in there. And, and, and once it's, once we get the all clear or the green light, we're going to be there. I know we had a conversation on the phone in, in the past week and you and your wife, Kelly were uh, in line to vote. So very important that uh, you get out there and you do that as well. Um, and uh, we appreciate, um, I appreciate your time. First of all, appreciate yes. your friendship through the years, but also your honesty uh, during the past hour. Um, you know, as music lovers and music fans, uh, I, I do believe that the music industry, well, the entertainment industry overall, which includes theater and music and, and touring, um, really probably has the biggest challenge about digging out because there are so many, as we've discussed in the past hour, there's so many different variables and, and they all kind of have to line up perfectly in order for your business um, to get back on the rails and to begin to dig out and, and then imagine had all the rebooked shows, you know, and, and it's just a, there's a lot of moving parts to all of this, specifically in the music industry and the touring industry. And, uh, you've been kind enough to kind of shed a light on it for everybody. And I'm just giving my perspective on it. I mean, you know, there may be, there's probably other people out there that have a totally different perspective on, on what we discussed right here, but, but, you know, I'm, I'm giving you one guy's perspective and I, and I hope that, I hope that, you know, uh, 2021 comes along and and we are able to get back and and do what do what we love for a living you know and that is that's take entertainment to people uh you know to to play the music that that they have lived their lives to uh you know to be able to introduce new music to them uh to be able to to go out and shake hands and and hug and take pictures without a mask and all that kind of good stuff, because, uh, you know, it, it is, this has been a, it's been a crazy time for, for you. It's been a crazy time. 
time for us and that that are living their own reality of of what it's been for them you know so let's just let's just pray and uh and and put hope in the good lord that that 2021 brings us a totally different uh, outcome than what we've had in 2020 and that we can get out there and, and just uh, take some entertainment to some people and put some smile on some faces. So well said, man. So well said. Uh, send you best to my, uh, send my best to your parents and a hug to Kelly and, and the girls and thanks for your time, man. We'll talk soon. Okay.